Yes and amen. Thank you, praise team. And as we were uplifting some of our youth, if you all don't know, the young lady to your very left-hand side is Miss KK Bowling, and she is 14 years old. And if you noticed, she led us through worship this morning through most of those songs, and God is really touching her. Um, I would just, as being your youth pastor, just um, ask for prayer for our youth. Man, there is just a fire that they have and a, and a hunger they have for the Lord. And so just um, keep us all in your prayers. Um, thank you, Ira, for being here this morning. Um, come bless us with God's word. Good morning. I'm very honored to be here. Uh, once more, the Lord gave me the privilege to be here about a year ago and uh, had the privilege to preach to some of you that were probably here. And I'm honored to be here again and just to be able to worship the Lord. I know that his presence is in this place. How many, know, how many knows that his presence is in this place? Amen. He is here and if he's here, he can do anything that he wishes to do. He can do miracles, wonders. And science because the power of God is still real do you believe that this morning amen I am very happy to be here and honored for the opportunity to be able to preach the Word of God and before I do I just want to call my wife up here my wife are made so you can meet her she was not here with me the last time but I want uh, I want her to greet you guys this morning good morning Good morning, everybody. It's such a privilege, such an honor to be able to share and worship this morning. I think the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Amen? Pastor Paul asked me to greet you guys. He's a dear friend of us. And, um, and, and thinking about what I could say, and this song summed it up. You know that we have to encourage our soul. A lot of times the enemy comes to, to, to put us down, but, but the Lord is saying, tell your soul, encourage your soul. Psalms 103, right? David forcing himself and reminding himself, saying, soul, you got to bless the Lord. So sometimes things are going to come our way. Trouble is going to come our way. Uh, circumstances are going to show up. But God is saying, speak to yourself. I know it sounds crazy, right? It sounds a little bit uh, uh, like if we're losing it. But sometimes you got to sit yourself down, find yourself a mirror if you have to, and speak to yourself and say, come on, my soul. Because God has given us a lion. He has placed a lion inside of our lungs. And that lion is the fire of the Holy Spirit of God. Okay? And he sealed us when he gave us salvation. So I'm not preaching this morning. I just wanted to greet you. God bless you. And it's such a privilege to share him with you this morning. Maybe we should let her preach this morning. Thank you very much for your enthusiasm and thank you for your love. We love Pastor Paul Dyer. He was our national overseer in Belize many years ago. And we served along with him. And we're honored to... Uh, participate with him in this great commission the Lord has called us to and we want to take this opportunity to thank you for your love and support to the Church of God in Belize amen well I want to preach to you this morning and if you have your Bibles or if you want to follow on the screen we're going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 11 
and we'll read verse 36 through verse 40. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 36, verse 40. The word of God says, Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. This morning, I want to preach to you based on the topic, caves, tombs, and testimonies. That's what I want to speak about, caves, tombs, and testimonies. The verses that we just read are verses that reminds us of those heroes of faith. And there is a long list in Hebrews chapter 11, a long list of people that preceded us and modeled to us a lifestyle of faith. A long list of men and women that lived for God despite the persecution, despite the many people that raised up against them. And these few verses sum up just a few things that they had to experience because they loved God and they believed the promise that God had made to them. They were beaten, they were chained up, they were put in prison, they were sawed in two, they were murdered. And some of them even lived in holes and in caves under the ground. And as I read the scripture, I asked myself, who were these people? who were persecuted and lived in caves. And, it, and as I study this scripture, reminds me of the prophet Elijah. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we can find the story of this great man of God. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets known, one of the greatest prophets, in, as a matter of fact, the greatest prophet besides Jesus Christ. He was a man of God. The great man, the great prophet amongst the Israelites. He was the prophet who challenged the people of God to return to God. If you remember, the Israelites had forsaken God and the covenant that they had made with him. And they had cast down all the altars that were built up for Jehovah God. And they had gone behind Baal. And they were serving the false gods. So this Elijah, he was a great prophet of God. Everybody feared him whenever he was in town, whenever he was in the cities. People would fear because they knew that this man of God had a word or something from God to them. If we would read chapter 17 of this book, first book of Kings, we see that Elijah did so many miracles. He prayed. The Bible said that he prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And there came famine upon the earth. And then he prayed again, and it rained upon the earth. There was so much power in him. 
He went during this, this time that it couldn't rain. He went to a widow's house and he multiplied. The Lord said, go to the widow's house and I will feed you there. I will sustain you there. And he went to this woman's house, this woman that had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And he said, feed me. The Lord says that he will provide. And he lived there for a long time and God multiplied and multiplied and multiplied the food in this house. The same Elijah was the one that raised up a kid from the dead. He did so many miracles, so many wonders. The great prophet of God. In chapter 18, he comes to the king Ahab and he says, you are sinning against the Lord. He points out the sin against king Ahab and king Ahab doesn't like this. And he said, you have all sinned against God. And he confronted the Israelites and he said, well, we're going to do something here. We're going to prove who is the real God. If Baal is the real God, then we're gonna, you're going to ask him. You're going to pray to him that fire may descend from heaven and consume the sacrifice that we have put before him. But if Jehovah is God, then we're going to pray to Jehovah and he will send them fire from heaven. And they did it. You know the story. They were all there and the Israelites were calling out these prophets, 450 prophets were calling out to Baal throughout the entire day and nothing happened. And then it was Elijah's turn. And he set up the altar and he set up the sacrifice and he prayed to God. And the Bible says that fire descended from heaven and consumed everything that was on the altar. And after that, this very, very valiant man of God killed, literally, that's what the Bible said. He killed the 450 prophets. Nevertheless, despite of doing these great things, and after seeing the power of God, and after praying and seeing fire descend from heaven, a crisis came to his life. The word of God says that Ahab went and told Jezebel what had happened. He said, all your prophets, they're dead. Elijah killed him. And that woman opened her mouth. Jezebel said, may the Lord's, may the, may the gods curse me if by tomorrow Elijah is not as dead as one of those 440 prophets. She threatened him, and fear came into the life of Elijah. And the word of God says that he ran, he flee for his life. And he walked, and he reached a certain place where he found a cave, and he went into that cave. That's where he hid. He fell into a deep depression. And he said, Lord, might as well you take my life. Just kill me because I'm no better than my parents. I'm tired of living. I do not want to live anymore. He fell into a deep depression. But I give praise to God because in our darkest nights, in the moments of life, when we feel like we have touched 
rock bottom and we can't go anymore and there's no more solutions. God will show up to us and reveal his, himself to us and reveal his love to us. And that's what he did with Elijah. He showed up to the cave, called him by his name, said, Elijah, come out. And Elijah came out of the cave. He stood before the Lord. The Lord said, what are you doing here? What are you doing in this cave? Elijah said, Lord, I'm no better than my parents. These people have forgotten you. These people have abandoned the covenant that they made with you. They don't love you anymore. They don't serve you anymore. I'm your only servant. They kill the prophets. I'm no longer good enough to live. I'm here because I want to die. And God says, Elijah, you're not going to die because I'm not done with you yet. There's a purpose for your life. You may feel depressed. You may feel like you have no more worth. You may feel like your mission here amongst the Israelites is finished. But I am not done with you yet. I have a purpose for your life. So you're going to get out of this cave. And you're going to go and you're going to anoint some people. Because the mission is not finished yet. He says you're going to go and you're going to anoint Haziel. As the king of Syria. You're going to go and you're going to anoint Jehu. As the king of Israel. And I'm not finished with you yet. You're going to go and you're going to anoint Elijah. Because he will take your place. Beloved church, what I'm trying to say is this. It doesn't matter how dumb we feel or how depressed we feel. I have come to tell you in the name of of Jesus. If we're alive, God is not finished with us yet. If we're alive, God still has a purpose for your life. If you are alive, God still's got a mission for you. And it doesn't matter if we're in that cave. God is here this morning showing up at your cave and telling you, I am not finished with you yet. David, one of the greatest kings, chosen by God, anointed by the prophet Samuel. The word of God says that the moment the prophet poured the oil upon him, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Great man of God. He had learned to trust the Lord. He was anointed by God. God used him to kill giants. He was the best warrior that King Saul had in his army. But he was persecuted by Saul. He was persecuted, and at some point, he ran and he hid in a cave. The cave of Adilam. That's where he went. He went there to hide from the person that was trying to kill him. But in that cave, the word of God says that all those who were depressed, and those who were sick and tired, and those who had depths, 
came to David to that cave. <clears throat> and out of those people, we would think they, they, they had no worth. Out of those people, David made a great army. An army that helped him to conquer when he became king. We may think that God is finished with us, that God is done with us <clears throat> because we failed him. Because, well, I'm too old now. God is finished with me. God is done with me. Or because I don't feel worthy. But God says, I am not done with you yet. God has the power to take us out of that cave. And it's okay, let me tell you something, it's okay to run to the cave sometimes. I'm not preaching so you can feel guilty and you say, well, I'm in a cave, I'm hiding, I'm not good enough. No, it's okay to run to the cave sometimes. It's going to happen to us at some time. But let me tell you something, what is not okay is for us to stay in that cave forever. God will show up. And he will tell you, it's time to come out. I am with you. I'm not finished with you yet. Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah that was prophesied many years, he came to this earth. He did miracles and signs, wonders. He healed the sick. The paralyzed could walk. The blind could see. He brought back people to life. He did wonders and signs. Great miracles. He, he taught like those who has authority. The people knew that he was the son of God. The one who came to set us free. The one who came to forgive our sins. He who came to baptizes. He was taken to the cross. He was crucified. They pulled him off the cross. <clears throat> and they put him in a tomb. In a cave made by men. They put him in a tomb. They put him in a cave. And the enemy thought, that he had won this battle. But the word of God says that on the third day, on the third day, God rose him up from the dead. And that is where he conquered death. That is where he overcame death. And that is the reason why he has given us life in abundance. He himself conquered grave. And conquered death. He came out of that tomb on the third day. With all power and authority. And the word of God says. That the same spirit. The same power. The same authority. That raised Jesus from the dead. Now lives and operates in us. The Holy Spirit. That raised Jesus from the dead. Is now in his church. He is not finished with us yet. I want to ask my son Wesley to come up here just for a minute. 
Wesley is 10 years old. He's our only son. I want you to meet him because just for him to stand up here beside me is a huge, huge testimony. And I'm going to share that just to finish off with what I'm preaching. In April of this year, right before Easter, our son Wesley got really sick. At first, he didn't have major symptoms. We didn't know. We thought, you know, it's just a fever. He's okay. But then, one Friday night, he woke up and he said, Daddy, I can't breathe. And we know he's never had asthma problems or anything like that. He said, Daddy, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm not getting enough air in my lungs. I can't breathe. And I told my wife, tomorrow morning, we leave, we leave to the hospital. We're going to take him to the doctor. We decided to go to Mexico. We took him there. They took him in. They had done COVID tests two or three times, and it came back negative. So we went to Mexico, a hospital that did not take in COVID uh, patients. They did the test, came back negative. They said, we can keep him here. They put him on oxygen. His oxygen was really low. They put him on antibiotics, and they said by tomorrow, 24 hours, this antibiotic should be working in his life already, in his body, and he will be well in 24 hours. In 24 hours, he wasn't doing well. He was actually dying. He was dying right before our eyes. He couldn't breathe. His oxygen level fell even lower. And the doctors couldn't explain. They did x-rays. Did another x-ray, came back worse. And he would pull the hose off his nose and pull his chest and said, I can't breathe. I'm dying, daddy. I'm dying. And the doctors, they didn't know what was happening. They couldn't explain. So about 2 or 3 o'clock that evening, the following day, they said, sir, Ma'am, the only thing we can offer you is to intubate him. That's the only thing. That's the only thing that could possibly do something for him. They said, you have three minutes to think about it because it's urgent. Three minutes. And we talked it over with my wife. We said, well... Maybe that will help him. They said, well, he'll be in there for a week or two weeks or longer. We don't know. We said, yes, it's okay. We're going to sign for you to intubate him. You, some of you that have been through this might have an idea what it feels like for them to take him away from you and put him in a separate room in the ICU where you can't go. And he was crying. He was saying, I don't want to go there. We were trying to pretend that we were strong enough for him. But deep down in our hearts, the devil was driving us to a cave. Just here, in front, just a little bit. 
there's a reason why I'm sharing this. Because I want to pray for people at the end. He was put in the ICU and he was intubated. When they put that tube in him, he expelled 350 mLs of fluid. He was drowning. He had fluid in, his, in both of his lungs. And that was killing him. He was in there. And we spent hours just behind that door, looking at the sign, just waiting for the doctors to come out and give us some good news. They eventually let us go in and see him, and we talked to him. Every time we would go in, we would hold his hand, we would pray for him, speak words of life into him. But at some point, when we went back outside, the devil would speak to us and say, he's going to die. He's not going to make it. God's going to let you down. This is too impossible. This is too big. This is not going to happen. And at some point, we felt like we were driven into a cave and, that, and we, were, we were helpless, that we couldn't do anything. But let me tell you something. We started sharing this with many people and perhaps you heard about it and perhaps you prayed and if you prayed thank you from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much but there were literally thousands of people praying around the world people from Nigeria that we've never ever met sent prayers in their audio messages through the phone through whatsapp or whatever and they would they were praying for Wesley and we were behind that door. We felt like the enemy had driven us into a cave that we couldn't come out. Sometimes we felt, you know, how, how are we going to lift up our heads? How are we going to be able to, to do life without him if he dies? The doctor said seven days, two weeks minimum, he's going to be in the ICU on that machine. But let me tell you something, for the honor and the glory of God, 48 hours after, he was disconnected from that intubator. 48 hours after he was taken out in a wheelchair, breathing with some oxygen on his, on his nose, maybe 24 hours after, he didn't even need that because God had worked in his life. Now I know that even when I don't feel like worshiping God, there's a lion inside of our lungs. And if all we can say is hallelujah, thank you, Lord, praise Jesus, that's what we're going to say. But let me tell you something. That is enough praise to make the enemy go back. That is enough praise to defeat the enemy. We think that a hallelujah has no, has no power. We think that a praise the Lord has no power. Let me tell you something. When we say hallelujah, when we say praise God, we're lifting up the name of God. And the Bible says that when God is lifted up, his enemies have to flee. If God is lifted up, the enemies will have to flee. So when we raise up our hallelujah to the Lord, when we raise up our worship to the Lord, even if we feel like we're in a cave, even if we feel like we're defeated, if we have enough strength just to stand up and say hallelujah, that is enough to put God to work. I want to ask you to please stand to your feet this morning. And I know 
that if Wesley's here with us, and you can't imagine the joy that fills our heart to have him in our lives. But I know if God put his hand upon him, if God walked into the ICU and brought him back to life, he can heal somebody in this place this morning. So I want to pray this morning for the sick. If there's anybody that is sick, I respectfully ask you to come to the altar. I can't heal you, but I know a God that can. So if there's anyone that is sick this morning, any type of sickness, I don't care what type of sickness it may be, I want you to come to this side of the altar if somebody needs prayer for healing this morning. Thank you, sister. I'm going to ask my wife to come and help me pray while the praise and worship gets prepared. Thank you. I also want to make another altar call. If there's anybody that, that feels like they're in a cave, if you feel depressed, if you feel down, if you feel like, like you've been struggling too much and you don't have the strength to keep going on, I ask you to come to this side of the altar, right here where I'm standing. If you need prayer for any other specific thing, thank you. We want to pray for you this morning because the power of God is in this place. The power of God is in this place. And, and we know, as the song says, that because He lives, we can live. Because He lives, we can face today and we can face tomorrow. And it doesn't matter what the government says and it doesn't matter what finances says and it doesn't matter what this world is saying. Because Jesus lives, we will live and we can face tomorrow because we know that even the enemy might drive us into a cave. We might feel like we have nowhere else to go. But let me tell you something, the Lord will show up in His perfect time and He will get us out of there and He will give us victory. There is not a day that we are alone. He is with us. He is with His church. And you that are at the chairs, if you can close your eyes and if you can stretch out your hands to those that are up front, I want to ask my wife to come up. I want to ask my brother-in-law, Jehu, to come. And if Wesley wants to help us pray for people, he's welcome to do it as well. Can we sing the song? Can we worship the Lord? And as we worship the Lord, we're going to be praying for you. We're going to lay hands on you and we're going to believe for a miracle. We're believing for healing in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. We give you honor, glory, and praise. Oh, Damashenda Rababase, Katarababashe, Narababase, Narababashe. Or pardon. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
word says there's nothing impossible for you and today we pray Lord we pray for healing upon this body we rebuke sickness in Jesus mighty name and because of the faith in this man's heart Lord and because of the promise in your word we pray for healing and we believe for healing we believe for a miracle in Jesus mighty name we believe for a miracle father we thank you we thank you Lord for the sacrifice on the cross we thank you for your sides we thank you for your wounds we thank you for the blood we thank you for the sacrifice we thank you for healing in Jesus mighty name Father, we believe for a miracle this morning. And we pray for a miracle in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we pray and we believe. And we call upon your name. We call for your divine intervention, Lord, upon this, this body, upon this, my brother, Lord. Touch him with your healing hand, Lord. Heal him with your power. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we believe, Lord, as your word says, that by your stripe we are healed. By your stripes we are healed. And we declare healing today in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that your hand touches this body, Lord. Whatever, Lord, he's facing, bring it back to normality in Jesus' mighty name. Heal, Father God. Heal. Heal, Father God. May your blood be applied upon his body and bring the healing that they are praying for and desiring, Lord. Honor their faith. Just touch her, Lord, and heal her. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Bring healing and restoration, Lord. Bring healing and restoration, Lord. That there may be no more need for this, Father. For this oxygen tank. Bring healing and restoration. A miracle, Lord, that may bring glory and honor to your name. People will be in awe and there is going to be a testimony, Lord. After the cave, there is a testimony. Father God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. May your mighty hand, your powerful hand, whatever the sickness may be, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we declare healing. 
We declare it's in Jesus' name. Touch his body, Lord. Touch his body. Heal him, Lord. Heal him, Father, for your honor and for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Can you join us in worship as we praise the Lord? Lift up your hands and worship him. Lift up your hands and praise him. Give the Lord glory in his house this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, thank you all for coming out. You, uh, you are dismissed. Uh, we'll be here Wednesday night at 6.30. Love you guys. Have a go and be blessed.